0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit TheWaveColumbus.com for more information.
1: Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz.
0: And I am Ryan McCarski.
1: Ryan McCarski, how are you, my friend?
0: Danny, I am wonderful. How are you?
1: Men, good, good. Uh, we have we uh, been away for a week and a half, you and I, because we had... Uh, you know, pre-recorded that one last week. And I think folks hopefully enjoyed uh, the one on relationship to discipleship. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm doing great, the family's doing great, big news since since the last time you and I talked. Uh, my daughter, uh, Michaela, the oldest has graduated. Uh, she has passed her state exam for medical assistance and she is on her way to not only being a medical assistant but also starting in the fall. Uh, college for being a PA, so she, so just exciting times, man. So we were, you know, just loving on her and having a good time with with Michaela, that's nineteen
0: years old now. That's amazing, man. That's so good. Yeah, I was able to uh hand out a couple diplomas a couple weeks ago on the same weekend. Your daughter graduated, and it's always fun to see young people. Stu- I teach eighth grade, so seventh and eighth grade. So I haven't seen some of these students in four or five years, and. Just to see their, their smiling faces, because we did do graduation outside for the the school district I work for, so they're able to not wear masks on their graduation day, and it was just great to see the smiles and the excitement of these kids that were going into the world and um, starting businesses for a couple of the kids that I handed diplomas to, to kids going off to college, and just the, you could feel the excitement in the air for these young, these young people that and I think all of us have felt it at, at 18 when we graduate. We're like, yeah, on to the, the next part of our life and all this excitement. No one thinks about that. It's going to be potentially more difficult. Everyone just thinks about, <laughs> man, this is going to be exciting. Um, so that's how it, it's been. It's been fun. I could I could live off that uh, energy for for a while.
1: It's uh, it's beautiful to see the faces I've been. I've traveled since we talks, I've been to several cities, I've been from Florida to Charlotte and and seeing people without masks. I just want to, I heard the Holy Spirit, so I just want to say this, Ryan, to whoever is anxious. So we speak against anxiety in the name of Jesus, and we just speak peace to the life of those who are anxious as we're going into now, uh, coming up this week, where you don't have to wear a mask uh, anymore. I just speak to that anxiety those who are struggling with anxiety, as uh, they're even struggling coming out their house. I just speak the peace of God. I I speak that the Holy Spirit just speaks to your ears as you are walking and as he's leading you. Uh, I just come against fear in the name of Jesus. I pray that faith uh, is lifted up in your heart. I pray that the word of God uh, gives you faith. Uh, I pray that you walk in tune with the Holy Spirit. And again, do what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. But don't forget that you have a friend in the Holy Spirit, that he leads you and guides you to a truth, uh, into a truth. And he's the one that comforts you. So you need the comfort in the Holy Spirit. So H- Holy Spirit, comfort those who need comfort right now as uh, things are opening up, as we're using our, our, our mask less. Um, I just pray that those who are anxious about it uh, find a peace in Jesus'
0: name amen no danny that's so good yeah and and for those individuals like you said just have that have the holy Spirit um impart wisdom to you and and it says in james chapter one asking asking for wisdom that that's an okay thing to do come
1: on um come and on.
0: to and if you feel a check it's like okay well maybe i i shouldn't go to that place but if you feel the the go-ahead you know, trust that the Holy Spirit is is going to be guiding you. And that was a huge, yeah, that's that's definitely a big encouragement.
1: Yeah, man, I, I know, I know, I just heard it in the Holy Spirit. I, I want to start up uh, today with this, and I know we're going to jump into the Church of Sardis. We're coming to the to end stretch. We basically, after this one, have two more churches before we get into the big, big, big topic that everyone's been wanting on the 666 and the Mark of the Beast. Um, but we're going to, I want to start up this way, uh, Ryan acts three nineteen. this is, this has just been in my heart as I've been, I, you know, I I've driven some the last couple of days, spent time in the presence of something like, and I don't know, Ryan, have you experienced something like driving in your car and the Holy spirit just, uh, you feel like he just, now we know he's with us. So don't get me wrong. We know he's in us. But it's something like when you feel like he sits right next to you in the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know I mean? amen. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. This is not going to be a normal car ride. <laughs> <laughs> and you go from praying to crying to everything. This this scripture has been in my heart, Acts 3.19. Uh, repent, uh, you know, metanoia, change the way you think, therefore, and be converted, uh, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Mm. And and we just need some refreshing. The church of America, the church of the world, uh, we need to repent. And I love it. And it not only says, Ryan, repent there, but there's an action of conversion, right? Because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of folks are repenting, and at least we think we are, you know? But it's not a converting thing, right? Like and it listens that your sins may be blotted out. Now we know that Jesus took care of sins, but I think identity is what he's saying there, right? Conversion breeds identity. So as identity as a son, then you know I don't live by the sinful nature of my of my carnal nature. I live as a son of God. But it says that so that so that after so that times of refreshment. So we need refreshment, but it only comes from the presence of God, like we need the presence of the Lord. If you have not searched for it, if you have not drawn for it, if your heart has not been enticed for it, I pray for the spiritual awakening right now to hunger for the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, Ryan, but I'm like hungering, like there's there's something missing on the earth. Like my spirit man is just thirsting because it's like, there's more, there's more, there's more. And it is the presence of the Lord. Uh, and so th- I've been, I've been wrestling with this scripture because I know heaven wants to refresh the earth with the presence of the Lord.
0: No, Danny, that's so good because I think as, as we approach like summertime and, and everyone, I think most people, and, and even I feel this is to a certain extent, you know, the weather's getting nice outside being here in Columbus. Um, and, just maybe having more time with family and stuff and it it, all these different things um people go on vacations during this time of year and it brings a temporary rest and a temporary refreshment that i think doesn't sustain i know it, it doesn't sustain and we wonder we're like if we could just live in this area at like the place we vacation, let's just say, then I think we'd be at peace. But the truth is we, you and I both know that it's not that. We need the refreshment of the Lord. We need the, the presence. And it doesn't matter where we're at. That will bring the, like, he brings the refreshment. It's not traveling somewhere, being in a different season um, of the of the year. So no, you hit on it spot on.
1: And you and I were talking about before we started recording that there's so many people that they search for, they search for and in those attitudes. Like if I have this, if I have that, when I got that, when I and like today is the day of salvation, today is the day of the Lord, right? And it's if I get this and if I get that, and a lot of them don't even realize if you had all that, right? And you lived 120 years, let's say, right? Yep between 80 or 120 years, whichever one you claim, I'm claiming 120, you can claim the 80, whichever one. And uh, there's still something after that, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's appointed to every man to die, right? So mm-hmm. every every human being is gonna, is, is unless the Lord comes while you're alive, right? Mm-hmm. And he establishes throne while you're still alive, you're going to face death, right? And, and, and a lot of folks don't live, I believe, like Jesus lived, with such an internal perspective, right? They live with such a temporal, right? What can I get right now? What can make me happy right now? And this happy mm-hmm. talk, right? Happy, happy, I wanna yep. be happy, I wanna be happy, I wanna be happy, I wanna be happy, I wanna be happy. Well, if you got everything to make you happy in this life, right, and then you spend eternity away from Abba, you know what I mean? Yep. Was, was the trade-off good? Eternity to 120 years, right? And, and I yep. think a lot of times people don't even know that we can have joy in suffering, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. There can be joy. Jesus said, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, meaning there was joy in his suffering, right? There was <laughs> joy at the cross, right? He was not, you know, because he knew the redemption, though he had that time in the garden when he was fighting his flesh. Once he got over that, there was joy that came before that, right? And so you and I were talking about this, like, it's not getting the next, it's can I really get him? Cause once I have him, I have everything I need.
0: Yeah, Amen, Danny, and that, and that can be today it, it, for for any any listener. It, it could be today that you say like I have him, and I think for most of the listeners, they they have Jesus, they just don't think about it. That they, they're always thinking about something more tangible that they could see or they could touch but until once they have the experience with the lord um time in his presence are like wow like i have what i need and and then they can be satisfied in whatever's going on and i think that's the big thing getting to that point where you're like i i i know the lord has me i have the lord i have the holy spirit and i can i'm i'm content i'm i'm happy no matter what comes or no matter what's going on right now and i know that sounds hard me just saying it but when you experience it which you have and so have i it's like wow like i'm i'm at true bliss i'm at true peace like right at this moment
1: it says in the scripture to your point it says happy is the people who god is their lord right mm-hmm. so our happiness comes from his rule his reign mm-hmm knowing who he is, right? Uh, David mm-hmm. said in, in his presence is fullness, right? Everything is found in his presence, right? So when we pursue the presence of Jesus, the presence of the, you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Like we need the Holy Spirit, right? And mm-hmm. so we're, we're going to jump to the church of Sardis because we're getting ahead of something because <laughs> really that's the answer to the, 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 the church of Sardis. So let's yep. go to Revelations 3.1 because the whole thing is about spiritual awakening. Like this whole thing, um, for those who are listening to us, Like, I grieved over this church probably more than any other church. Like, I cried, like, literally with tears in my eyes as I'm studying this because I just believe that we're, especially in America, uh, so I'm talking about America. I'm I'm talking to the global church, but here in America, I believe the the Church of Sardis is where a lot of us are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and Ryan, I didn't see myself, uh, like, Like the Philadelphia Church, right? I saw myself through the eyes of Sardis, saying, "God, I, I, I might be Sardis right now, right?" And so, so it was a a sobering thought for me to say, "Am I Sardis, right? Am I the one thinking that I'm alive but spiritually dead, right?" And if so, I repent of that, right? So I found myself repenting, not. Not because I think a lot of times, Ryan, when we read scripture, we always read ourselves into the hero part, right? Mm-hmm. We never, we never read ourselves. And, and a good teacher will tell you, um, and this is how I study scripture: I don't look at I'm the victorious guy, right? I look at I'm 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 the woman with the Israel blood, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 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 the um, I'm the rich young ruler that left with all his money, right? I, yeah. All right, we always want to see ourselves as the as uh, Saul, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Paul, I'm the Paul, but we never say I could be Saul, all right? I could yeah. be I could be him, not redeemed. I could be the religious person, right? And so a lot of times we write ourselves into the heroes of the story, and mm-hmm. like, like we want to be the great David, right? The king that 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 uh, Jesus establishes his throne through his name, right? Like we want to be that David. We don't want to be the Besheba David, right? And yeah. I think a lot of times we have to set ourselves into uh these and as I set myself into Sardis Ryan I just got so convicted I got so um such a sober feeling i, I what what when you started reading Sardis, how did you feel when you started reading that
0: i no for no i i definitely felt the, the same way danny and i it's definitely a sobering experience to put yourself in, and think about, you know, am I Sardis? Like, do I, do I feel like I I've reached the spiritual pinnacle, but yet am I actually dead inside? Have I done all these things that make me look a certain way on the outside? And I think it, it makes you do some serious searching and, 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 it, and at certain times, I could definitely put myself as Sardis as I could for the other churches as well. And I think that's that was a lesson to me. I think it can be a lesson to all of our listeners that at certain periods of time, you may be Sardis. And I think the key point is recognizing that and saying, you know, Lord, Lord, bring me, bring me near. bring me closer to you so I can so that you can show me, um what it is that is that is going on and why do i why do i feel like i'm like i'm sardis i think it, it takes an internal kind of wrestling to then taking that to the lord
1: man i agree a thousand percent let's jump into it. let's just read verse one here and to the angel of the church of sardis right these things so revelation 3 1 uh these things says he who has the seven spirits of god the seven stars now remember he, he always gives, he always shows the part of him that's the answer to what the issue is, right? So we're gonna look into that in a second. I know your works, that you have na- you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Now, notice in this, he does not go into what he does with all the other churches where he gives these great things that they have done, right? And so that's another thing that you, it jumps out right after the page it's like, hold on, you. you if because I, I look at some of the talk that he talks is like the church of uh, Ephesus, right? But but when he goes to the church of Ephesus, he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience. And so he gives this great thing because I, I I think of Sardis and Ephesus like almost the same, just a little worse, right? Sardis is a little worse. Yep. But he doesn't go into the these like you've been patient, you're a great church. He doesn't go to none of this. <laughs> so normally we are used to hearing Yeshua talk great. He's like, yep. Man, you're you're spiritually alive, but you are spiritually dead, right? And so when he says that, it's like, whoa, you take notice of that. Uh, Before we go into the description that he's given that the church needs of himself, what did you think about the history? What did you learn? Because there was not much about the history of Sardis, but what did you get out of the history of Sardis itself uh, as a city?
0: So so I tried to dive a little deep with this. So it looks like Um, We talked about Tyatira a couple of weeks ago. It looked like this area was about 30 miles from there. Um, Their worship was really centered around the Roman Caesar and also Artemis, which was the goddess of fertility. That was a big thing going on. Um, Military city, very strong city. It said uh, in my research that it was a travel highway. So it was leading from the interior to the coast. So a major trade route. So obviously that was a center of great wealth as well, because when you had trading, you had definitely money exchange. I also uh, found out that a lot, of, a lot of researchers believe this was like the place where money was created because there was so much trade happening. The original like forms of money uh, were were a big thing there. Um, I also looked and there was a, a major Greek gymnasium there. Uh, it was a training facility for a lot of competitors in the public games. Um, also a place of like socializing and like intellectual pursuits. So a lot of studying. This was all for men at, at this gymnasium, but a lot of intellectuals were there trying to grow in knowledge a lot of athletes are trying to grow athletically so they could they could be successful, but when it talked about the church, there was a lot of people in this area that were self-indulgent, they cared about themselves and their pleasures, a lot of wild sexual immorality taking place, and that's where we get this church that appears. They showed, I, I watched the video, they showed a picture of the church, even it, even though it was broken down a bit, you could picture that it was glorious building, right? So the building looks pristine, and the people present themselves as probably very intellectual, very spiritual, but yet internally, it's not good. So yeah, there was a lot, a lot that I was able to, to find, which was great.
1: You, you hit the part that I that it intrigued me the most about uh, the Ryan is that when you saw the Church of Sardis, it looked. Great. Like it was normally churches, remember now, you remember churches back then were not as big as we saw in numbers, like for us, a nation to a Jew is 10 people, right? So when you have 10 or more as a nation, right? So churches were around 10 to 20 people. This Sardis had a lot of people in it, right? So it was like the largest of all seven churches when it comes to people, attendance, right? So it had a big crowd it looked great, the city was on a hill, right? It was torn down several times and it was built back up, right? Um, They were living off the luster of the past, really. You know what I mean? Because they were great, but they were were still in numbers, but they were losing prestige, they were losing a lot, but they still look and they made it, they try to just gather it to be like, we want to look like we have it, but we really don't. So in the Mm -hmm. natural, they also try to gather like we have it, but they were losing uh, in, in, in wealth. They were losing, they were kept on losing, right? And so it was, it was an image. It was, a, it was a face. Let's say, let's say face for everybody else. Let's let's put a mask on. And so it was a very mass situation, right? Where everyone, and I just got floored when I was reading uh, on it that. It was more the more numbers than everybody else. So you figure, you would think, well, God, they're getting a whole bunch of people saved. They got a whole bunch of people there. And he's like, ah, the problem is that the folks that are coming, I don't have their heart. And that, that like really hit me on the American Christianity model, right? It, it, that's the sobering. Like I started reading and I was like, whoa, it sounds very familiar, right? And, it sounds like we have a lot of folks. There's a lot of people coming. We have, you know, because, you know, right now a major church, for you to be a mega church, now listen to these numbers, for you to be a mega church, you have to have more than 500 people. So, I mean, that can be anybody, but a large church in America is two to 500 people. That is most of the churches that we know. Now, the, the, the average church attender is 75 to 80 people. So we go from 75 to 80, which is a normal church. To your big church between two to 500 which is your mega church anything 500 and it was like yo we see these mega churches everywhere right we see 200 people easy gathering 300 oh we can get that gathered and and it was like there was a lot of people gathering but there was something missing within that gathering
0: i think yeah I, you hit it spot on that i you know i feel like the lord kind of was saying this to me while you're speaking There's there's the intimacy is missing, I think, as you're talking about American churches and and this big wave of like massive amounts of people coming together or massive baptisms. I always wonder that we're we're able to log all this stuff on our phone. We're able to log this stuff to our YouTube channel. We're able to log this stuff to our social media. And it almost puffs up the church when it's like this many got converted, but I, I look at it and say, like, is there really transformation taking place? And if we're not, if we're seeing these many thousands of people getting saved, then why isn't the world looking any different? And I'm not doubting that they, they gave themselves to the Lord. I'm not doubting that whatsoever, but then what? right you got baptized in water in front of thousands of people then what like is there do you did you there was still no the intimacy just hasn't gotten there it was the outward expression which is powerful for sure i remember when i was baptized in in water yeah it's it's powerful but then what's after that if i don't seek intimacy with the lord then really, I'm the same person. I just got baptized in water. So I think there's like a lack of intimacy in these big American based churches because there, there's like not enough nurturing from the leadership because there's too many people. And we've talked about this when it's like small intimate groups where you have one, say, leader over say eight people that it's not even over. It's like these eight people are growing together Together. and there's an intimacy there.
1: There's no hierarchy in Christianity, right? That's something that was made up by people to put people underneath them. But in the kingdom, it's our pursuit to what you're saying, right? So so to put what it's a pursuit is what we were talking about last week. If you heard last week's podcast on discipleship, is is there true conversion there? Is what we were talking about with Acts 3.19, right? The repentance leads to true conversion. Repent and be converted. Repent and be converted, right? True repentance leads to a true conversion. I don't know if we are seeing, and I'm just going to say it. I know some folks are going to get uh, offended at this, but I have to say it prophetically. I don't know we are seeing the conversions, right, that we say we've seen, right? Because when someone's converted, remember what he told Nicodemus in, 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 in John chapter 3. In order for you, you can't get the kingdom unless you see the kingdom and you can't see the kingdom unless you're born again, unless there's mm-hmm. a born again experience, unless there's a true conversion of the heart, unless the Holy Spirit has stopped the heart, right? The Holy Spirit has to do the converting of sin, right? The word says in John 16 that the Holy Spirit with the world of sin, what we've been doing is we've been manipulating people to get saved through our way of people getting saved, right? And we manipulate people and we then we gather them to our thing. And then we have to now keep them in our thing, right? We have to keep them in our system because it's the way, like instead of a conversion coming straight from the Holy Spirit, because what the answer Jesus is given to the church of Sardis, which is a dead church, right? The answer he's given is what? The first thing he tells us is these things says, he who has the what? seven names, I mean, the seven spirits of God. What is the seven spirits of God? Now, we described this before in the seven stars. So this kind of sounds a lot like he's talking to the uh, uh, church of Ephesus because he he says he's holding the seven stars in his hands in the church of Ephesus. So let's just read Isaiah 11 too so we can be reminded what he's talking about. So mama, Jesus is saying, this is the answer that the church needs right now. The church of Sardis that's dead, that they're not Walking in units of life with me, that probably most of the folks there are not converted, right? He's saying this. Mm-hmm. He's saying you need a touch of the Holy Spirit like never before. You need a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right? Like what he says, Isaiah 2 and this and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge. And and the fear of the Lord. So what is he saying? We need the Holy Spirit in operation for spiritual awakening to do what? To be the spirit of the Lord that rests upon us, right? We need the Holy Spirit to rest upon us. We need the spirit of wisdom. We need the spirit of understanding. We need the spirit of counsel. We need the spirit of might. We need the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the Lord that leads us into the fear of the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit resting on us right now in order for us to break this bondage of being dead. Then he says this, and then the seven stars. We know what the seven stars are. The seven stars are the angels of the churches, those who are leaders. He said, they're in my hands, knowing that the Holy Spirit is going to convict them. The Holy Spirit is going to teach them. The Holy Spirit is going to lead them. But all of this work is done through the Holy Spirit, Ryan.
0: No, oh, that's that's so good, Danny, and I, I, it brings us. It just brings it back to what we've always been talking about, which is we we have to listen, and we have to incline our ear to what the Holy Spirit is saying. That's the only way that it's going to shift our perspective. It's the only way it's going to shift how we're living. You're not going to. There's not enough church attendances. There's not enough postings that you could read on your social media feed about the Lord. It's really an intimate thing in order to be able to live by hearing the spirit and living out what he's calling you to do in those moments. It's easier than we would think. But it, we make it really hard because we feel we have to work for it. No, nah, it's living in
1: communion to what you're saying, yep. right? Living in communion. Listen to what Ephesians five fifteen to twenty one says. Ephesians five fifteen to twenty one. Uh, and again, you guys can write these scriptures down and let them minister to you as you're reading them. But it says it says this in Ephesians five fifteen. It says, "See them that you walk circumspectly." Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the, de- the days are evil. Redeem the time. Fellow believers, let's read it. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand, that the will of, understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is uh, dissipation, right? But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in Psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Remember, we talked about that when he talked about Isaiah, Isaiah 11, 2, talked about the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the the spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't allow you to do whatever the heck you want to (laughs) do. I mean, I know in this happy world, everybody wants to be happy, do what makes, do you, right? We say those words, do (laughs) you, do what makes you feel good. Nah, the Holy Spirit says you walk in a level of the fear of the Lord that, because we don't talk about the fear of the Lord enough, right? Mm -hmm. Part of spiritual awakening is the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, right? Which is, again, I'm not afraid that he's going to spank me. That's not what we're saying. We did a whole lesson on the fear of the Lord, right? What Mm -hmm. he's saying is the awe, the respect, the awe of who he is, knowing that he can do whatever he wants to with us, right? And, and understanding that he has us in the palm of his hands. And so here, Paul's selling the Ephesus church, like, listen, be filled with the spirit, because once you're filled with the spirit, this thing's happen. You start speaking to one another in Psalms and hymns. There's spiritual songs. You make melody in your heart. I think one of the things that you know that you filled with the Holy Spirit is that you make melodies. Throughout the day, there's songs that come out of you that you begin... It happens to me all the time, and I'm not saying, who I'm great and filled with the Holy Spirit." But it happens. I just start singing. My wife laughed uh, laughed at me yesterday because I just came out with an old song. She's like, "What made you think about that song?" Like, I'm talking about like like thirty year old song, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "It just came out of me, right?" And so you just start singing melodies to God because what? Because the Holy Spirit is working some things in you.
0: Hmm. Amen, Danny. No, that's that's so good, and I think just. The idea of always just coming back to, to just, and I don't want to, I don't want to say live off experiences because that, that's not what I'm saying, but there is experiences that you will feel throughout the day that you're engaging with the Lord, that he's showing you like, Hey, I'm here. Like, I still want to engage with you even in the, even in the part of the day when you might be gardening or, or just going for a walk or, or anything like that.
1: Yeah. And he speaks loudly. Right, when, you, when mm-hmm. you have your ears ready to hear. He's speaking, like, like, think about this, Ryan. God is speaking right now to someone, right? He Because he never stops. The kingdom is always advancing, right? God is always speaking to us. The question is, are we hearing? Now, let's do what he says. It says, so we know he's talking about to this church of Sardis, they need the Holy Spirit. And he says, I know your works that you, you have a name that you are alive, but you're dead. Now, I want to talk about that. You have a name that you're alive. Because that means names are important to Jesus right? Jesus saying name is important because you have to know your, your name talks about your identity. Your name, because he, he tells you you have a name that you're alive, right? So you're, you, have, you think you have an identity of that like you're living, you're doing things right, but the, the identity is not matching the name, right? You're not really matching. And so I just want to read a, a couple of things where, where in the scripture, we said names are important because they reveal their identity. Je- and I'm just going to give these quick. You won't have time to look at them. So Genesis 17:5, "No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham." Every time that is a name change. Look at, for why? Why is, why is your name called Abraham? For I have made you a father of many nations. Right. So your identity, right, is is matched up with who I'm calling you to be. Right. You're a father of many nations. So your name is no longer Abram. Your name is Abraham. Abraham is the father of many nations. Genesis 32, 28 says, and he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Why? Why is your name shall be Jacob? For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Why? Because you prevailed, you have struggled, but you prevailed. Now your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will be Israel, right? So there was an identity that came forth in the name. Matthew 121, and and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus why are we going to be calling his name Jesus but he will save his people from their sins so every time you hear the word Jesus you hear he saves his people from sin so Jesus is attributed to his identity right His name is Yeshua but in his calling Yeshua every time you say Yeshua you think of he what shall save his people from sin when you think about Abraham, what do you think about Abraham? Father of many nations right? because his name came to his identity. Matthew 1, behold, the virgin will, uh, will be with a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, why are we calling him Emmanuel? But this is that God is with us, <laughs> God is with us. So when you think of Jesus, you think of he's gonna save the world from sin. When you think of Jesus, you think of what? His name is, he's with us all the time. And so it's important to understand when Jesus is saying, "You you have a name, right? That's upon you, but your identity is not following your name, right? I want to be able to say that you're alive. I want to be saved, but your identity, the way you're living, you're not living up to that, which is a lie."
0: No, Danny, that's so powerful. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even catch that. But your examples are are spot on with with just living up to that that name that name that was given so that there's a there's a reason that there were that that name was put in place and there there's a fulfillment out of that and i think that it's almost an encouragement from the lord i know that it doesn't sound like an encouragement but they were given a name this church of sardis they have a name so live live up to that and I think that's that's something to definitely press into for for this group of people would be like okay we're named this like why are we named this and and what how can we live up to to this and then and, and
1: so man I'm getting excited because you're 100% correct look what the, uh, Ephesians 2 4 6 says Ephesians 2 4 6 says but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love which, which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, right? By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. So he's saying, your name that you're supposed to be alive, you can only be alive in me. So what Jesus is telling us about the church of this, there's a disconnection with the relationship that this church has with me, because I'm the only thing that can make them alive, Right. They saying they're followers of me, but there's a disconnection between them saying that they follow me and they actually have an intimate, what you talked about in the beginning, Ryan, relationship with me. So there's there's no intimacy with me. They know me by name. They know who I am, but they're not getting to know me, right? It's, that, uh, it's what, it was what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21, 22, 22, uh, 23. He says, the prophet, if I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness, right? You've done many things in my name, but you haven't lived in my name, which meaning you haven't lived in understanding that your works itself can't get you saved. You doing things for me can't get you saved. You doing things for me. It's intimate relationship and understanding that you live fully and resting that I have taken care of your sins once and for all, and that you can walk in newness of life with me. And so what Jesus was looking is for. Them to understand who he is and how powerful his name is and how powerful he is in their life and that he is the one that has, what? Taking care of the sins. Not as much work as they do to get it. Now, it goes back to that Ephesians 2. What Ephesians 2 tells us, that I can't make myself saved. What Jesus has done is the reason that I live saved. Is What Jesus has done is the reason that I live in units of life. I can only do it in him. And he's saying, you haven't really walked into this, and I want you to walk into the greater intimacy and understanding. That is all about me.
0: No, that's not so good, Danny. As you were talking about connection, I just, I always go to, to John 15, and really it's, it's the idea of, are you a branch that's connected to the vine, or are you a branch that got chopped off but you're sitting next to the vine the difference between being connected versus actually just doing things for the lord but you're not connected anymore so you're gonna wither away and you're gonna shrivel up and and essentially die out and not be there anymore so it's just i looked at it and and that's the big piece it's the branch that is still connected is, is connected to the Lord. And that's, a, that's the huge component in terms of not just doing, but actually just being connected to him. And,
1: and being connected to him, I love that. Uh, because what he's trying to tell us in John 15, I'm everything to you, I'm your life source. So I think a lot of times there's a, there's a shifting, this is how we get into religion, right? There's a shifting from understanding what Christ has done in his redemption of the cross, we shift that then and we move into getting his approval, getting it like, oh, I got to work to get that. I got to work to get this. I got to work and we get into this work mentality. And I believe what, what what Jesus is trying to tell to the church of Sardis and to us, this, you have to be spiritual awakening and the Holy Spirit is the one that's gonna give you the spiritual awakening. But one of the first things of spiritual awakening is understanding, hey, listen, stop trying to do things on your own. You can only do things with me. I'm the one that i'm the one that 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 conquered death because remember, he says that you're dead why are they dead right why why that's dead uh first corinthians 15 2022 20, and uh man i, I want to read Romans 5 uh but i don't get a chance to read Romans 5 I think it's going to show you a little bit that what Jesus means to us right because it talks about the first Adam and the second Adam right that if, if sin came uh i read i'll read Romans 5. 17 to 19 just real quick but you can start in verse 12 but if by one man's offense death reigned through one through the one which is adam the first adam much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in the life through the one jesus christ therefore as through one man's offense judgment came to all uh men resulted in condemnation even so through one man's righteousness act The free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of a life. Think about it, but but by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many would be made righteous. By what Jesus did, we're made righteous, right? But Ryan, we say that, but I don't think we believe that. Like we don't, like it comes out of our mouths. We know that the first Adam brought sin, right? We know that Adam brought death, but, and I believe, because he's saying you're dead, I believe they're dead because they're not understanding this point. Who is the one that's making them alive, right? The one that makes us alive is Jesus, right? It's not in the works that we do. It's in the finished work, is what uh, Hebrews 4 say, the finished work of Jesus. Do we really believe there's a finished work? Do we believe this last verse 19 where it says, and also by one man's obedience, Many will be made righteous. Like our righteousness are made righteous, not because of anything else, but what Jesus have done when he died on the cross and
0: was risen at the third day. I think we, I think we and them originally believe it. And then we fall into a situation that we may have messed up. And I think we forget it. (laughs) And I think it's, I think it's something that we need to almost hear all the time and 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 really get it deep down into our spirit what really the lord did for us and that we're living from a place of oneness i think it always goes back to that where are we living from are we living from a place of connection which is oneness or a place of disconnection which is essentially we're the branch that is no longer attached to the vine and i think I think it can be as practical as that, and I always use pictures that will come up in my mind like that because I have to see, like, where's my heart on things, and am I living disconnected or am I living connected, and I think people even throughout the day can can go from connection to disconnection because we just, we waver as opposed to, Living that 24-7 presence, which is is all entirely possible, but I, I think there's so many other things that we, we get disconnected quite often.
1: Are you 100% correct? Because somebody that reads this about Sardis, they'll go straight into works mentality. Or oh, what yep. do I have to go to get right? What do I have to get it in? They dead. And then no. he's like, no, 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 you understand. They dead because they disconnected they dead because they're not understanding everything that Jesus has done for them. They're dead because they're not understanding and not resting sure that, oh, I messed up, doesn't matter. Oh, I, I know somebody that just hit some religious person right now. <laughs> Listen, yes, you're going to sin. Listen to me. That's not what he's saying. He's not, ta- it's not a sin thing. Sin has been defeated, right, by Jesus. What he's saying, can you understand how much he loves you through that sin, right? Now, does he want to mm-hmm. keep you there? Are we preaching on this podcast? You can do whatever the heck you want No, That's not what we're saying. We're saying it's, it's through walking with the Holy Spirit that he understands how fragile as a man you are, right? I mean, we think we have this, this thing inside of us, Ryan. I think sometimes they're like, oh, I'm going to become this perfect man and I'm going to be sinless. No, when you come to Christ, you, don't, you never are sinless. You're going to die with sin in you. You're, you're sinless but you won't be sinless. I'm going to say that again. You will sin less because the Holy Spirit is working with you and he's walking with you. But when he's reminding you of something, he's reminding you of how much Abba loves you in your mess, right? What makes you overcome the sin is not the fact that you think I overcome the sin. It's the fact that you understand Abba has loved you through that sin, right? So I don't want to do anything to hurt my Abba. I don't want anything to disconnect me from from yeshua and 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 again his love is always for us not against us right and so we get in this mentality when we read the story like this i've heard many people teach this and they'll go straight into works mentality what we're telling you is don't go into works mentality go into more resting in jesus go into more resting and assure what jesus had done for you what's going to take you out of being dead now jesus gives us five things of spiritual awakening and we're going to listen to him but all the five things of spiritual awakening is, is saying this one thing, understand how much I mean to you. Understand how much you need me in your life that's going to get you to walk, to be living spiritual, living lives.
0: I, I think that's so powerful, Danny, when you talked about sin less, because I think a, a lot of people, and I felt this before too, you know, you get saved you're going to church every week and it's like, I'm, I'm quote doing better, but yet I'm still sinning and this, and I'm, I'm struggling through this. And I, I think it's just not, it's almost, it, it goes into that religious mentality. It's like, well, cause I'm following the Lord. If I mess up, it crumbles me when I met, like I was going good for like a month and then I made a mistake and it, like you, you feel like you drop like 10 notches where you're like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting to a some status probably in your mind. And that's like, oh man, I, I really had to have disappointed him on that one. And I, I think I love the perspective that you gave, which is like, look, Holy Spirit's trying to walk us through that sin, walk us through that situation, but not taking away the love piece of how much God loves us and loving us through that process to help us grow it's it's a growth process it's not a hey i gave myself to the lord and now i'm perfect and everything i'm perfect now because i there's there's a growth there's a progression that i think we have to we have to have we have to be able to let some grace come in that we will make mistakes and that is okay it's just are we listening to the holy spirit once we make that mistake not bringing on condemnation upon ourselves
1: come on this is what scripture says the first i'm going to read two scriptures and then we're going to read revelations three two and three it says first Corinthians 15 20 22 to your point but now christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep but since by man came death by man also came the resurrection of the dead For as adam all die even so christ all shall be made alive <laughs> Huh, it's all in Jesus. But Listen to what Colossians 2.13 says. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made a lie together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. Oh, that's so powerful. Mm. Everything that was written against us was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross. That means Mm -hmm. everything that's gonna be contrary to how much he loves you, he has nailed it to the cross. Why? Because it's all about the relationship with Yeshua. It's understanding what Yeshua has done for you. It's understanding that, rest assured that what he did on the cross is still good for you right now. Mm -hmm. So what he did is the cross is what? Not only died for your sins, but massive love for you. You know what I mean? So yes. not only the death that was taking sin upon himself, but that massive love is paying attention to what you were saying, right? As we walk through this journey with him, as we're smacking our heads because we're 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 mortal men, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. and, and we're not we're not immortal, we mortal. We we have flesh that we deal with. Jesus said, You're gonna deal with the flesh, it's gonna be there. But know that I have taken this for you. So that what, so I can walk with you in your journey. So I can talk to you in your journey and I can make you alive. Jesus Mm. is the only thing that makes us alive. I want those to hear me. Not that you stop doing the things that you think you're doing. What he's saying,
0: he's the star of making you alive. He's the only one that can do it. And, and when you brought up earlier uh, in the podcast with um, Isaiah 11, verse two, And you talk about the the fear of the Lord when when you have the Holy Spirit and you've given your life to to Jesus, that fear of the Lord will will rise up in you, especially when you make that mistake. And it's not going to be a condemning thing. It's going to be a oh, man, I I made a mistake. I didn't want to disappoint my father and and the Holy Spirit will. We'll kind of lead with love and and really show you like, hey, you know, it's okay. but let's kind of here's how we can navigate through this. And I think it's all like a learning experience. If we're willing, if we're willing to be teachable, uh, I think that's a big thing. Are we willing to be teachable and let the Holy Spirit actually teach us Then we're going to grow and we're going to to get to be looking more like our Lord? Come
1: on, come on. And that's the key. The key is fully grown, fully mature. That's the key. Yep. And Jesus actually tells us this in Revelation 3, 2. Uh, I'm going to read 3, 2 uh, and 3, 3 together because it's five things that he's given us. And, and, and we can go in detail, but I don't. I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is really just, just getting us walking through this. So he says, so he says this in Revelation 3, 2. Be watchful, that's number one. Number two, and strengthen, be strengthened the things which remain that are ready to die. <laughs> be watchful and strengthen the things that, which remains that are ready to die. There's some things inside of you that are ready to die. And he's saying, be watchful and be strengthening them. There's some things that the Holy Spirit is saying die. And a lot of the death that has to do with us and dying to self, right? Is really dying to this thing of religion, dying that, that you can do it on your own and dying to the things that we want to do, right? In the end of the day, mm-hmm. part of it dying to self is dying to your own agenda. Your own happiness, your thing. He's saying, be watchful in that, be strengthened. For I have not found your works perfect now before God. The word perfect here, we've used this word before, not without uh, anything wrong. That's not what the word means, right? Perfection without anything wrong. It means fully grown, fully complete. So he says, but I have not found your works to be fully grown, fully complete before God. That's what it actually means. And then verse 3, it says, Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, right? And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Now, he's not talking about the second coming here for those who want to put this here. No, he's talking about literally Jesus wants to come in fellowship with us. But he's saying, you're not going to know when I come. Why? Because... You're living such a life that's dead that you're not recognizing me when I come. Because what is Jesus coming? He's coming in this instant to bring awakening inside of you. He's coming to bring. So he's giving you the five things to do for spiritual awakening, which is what? Be watchful. Keep an eye on what? We know that the word says that the adversaries uh, be vigilant for the adversary. Uh, what is it? First for you to be sober, vigilant, because the adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist them steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. What are we saying? Why would they were resisting? Because they were they were losing faith in, in, in their oppression. They were losing faith in experienced suffering. And so he so P- Peter is it's admonishing, don't lose faith in suffering, right? Keep your eyes on Jesus, right? And so here, be watchful. It's like be watchful that the enemy's gonna come to lie. That's his job. His job is coming to lie, still kill, cheat. No, he's the father of lies. So he's coming to deceive and <clears> saying, oh, Jesus don't love you. You're going through this bad thing. Oh, you just sin. You just messed up. Jesus don't love you. Jesus saying, oh, be watchful. But he said, as you watch, strengthen yourself in the same time. Make sure that you strengthen it. I'm going to stop right there on those two. Did you see these five points as you was reading, Ryan? Um, and 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 what do you think about this first to be watchful and strengthened? I think
0: I think to watch is a is a huge thing, and I, I texted you yesterday when I was doing the study and rereading it and to watch and to look, I think is huge because if I put it to what's going on in society today, we need to be watchful and we need to look and we need to see, okay, what is going on and and what has the Lord said about? the times, the days, and what what things look like. And I think we can't we can't just look at what's going on in the external world. We have to also look at Jesus and saying, Lord, what are you saying? Because it talks about in all the end of the at, at the end of every church, it says incline your ear to what the spirit is saying. So I think there's two things that we have to be conscious of is watch. Look at Jesus, but also look at what's going on around and listen. What is the Holy Spirit telling you about either what's going on or what is to come? I think those are really big things in how transformation is going to take place and what Jesus is saying to the church of Sardis, but also make a comparison to the church today. We need to be watchful, but we also need to incline our ear. I think those are two huge things. And the strengthening is what is going, like, what is, what are you doing well? What, what are you doing well? We have to strengthen those things and also strengthen the things that might be struggling. Like Holy Spirit, help me to strengthen and where my weakness is. So that's kind of what I, I got out of it when I, when those things jumped out to me.
1: And I love you said, mama, we can't, we can't forget. I love you said that the Holy Spirit is the one. Cause mama, what Jesus is saying, the answer to an awakening church is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, in, 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 invitation of the Holy Spirit. Look at what Peter says. Remember, I read Peter 5, 8 and 9. Now I'm gonna read 10 and 11, but I'm gonna read 8 and 9 again, because I talk, I think it talks about both the watchful and the strengthening, right? It says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is, walks about like a, roar, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, right? Step fast in faith, knowing that the same suffering. Now, when, men, when many people read this, they don't understand. He's, he's not just talking about that, oh, uh, resist them just to resist them. He's saying what well, he's saying, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your own brotherhood. These are guys and girls that were going through suffering, right? And they were getting um, weak in their suffering. But look at verse 10. It says, but, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. Listen what happens? Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the medium forever and ever. Amen. He's saying, let Jesus be the one that does what? Fully grows you, fully matures you, (laughs) fully establishes you, and fully strengthens you. Right? That word strengthening in the Greek is stenoa, which means to make strong, to strengthen one's soul. To cause or make to stand. I mean, think about this: uh, to to put in a firm ground. I mean, that's what the, that's what Jesus does for you. He, and what he's saying, he's inviting Peter is inviting those who are suffering that that they need to be strengthened. Find strength in Jesus. Let Jesus through the Holy Spirit strengthen your inner man, because He knows that you're suffering, but He doesn't want your suffering. To keep your eyes away from the finished work of Christ, what he's done in your, in your life. He said, no, understand, keep your eyes marked on Jesus, right? And that's the key to this whole uh, scripture is keeping our hearts and our minds of Jesus. Then he goes to verse 3, Revelation 3.3. 3. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Right, remembrance is a scripture, I, all through the scripture. Man, there's so many scriptures that the Bible talks about remembering, right? Psalms 119.55, I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law, right? Acts 20.35. I can go on and on when the scriptures constantly tells us to remember, remember. He Jesus saying, remember, have you received and heard? Remember that first intimate walk that you believe that Jesus did what he did in your life? He says, go back to that. Go back to that first day that the conversion hits you when you finally realize and open your heart and says, man, Jesus is everything. He says, that it says, remember and hold fast to what? To that remembrance. You know what I mean? And then he says, and repent, metanoia. Change the way you think about what I think about you. Change the way you think about what your circumstances. Know that I'm for you. Right? Think about that. What he's saying. And then he says, Therefore, if you do not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, right? And you will not know that the hour I will come on you he said I- i'm coming whether you want it or not but i need you to recognize my coming i need you to recognize why because i'm drawing you closer to me
0: no that's huge danny and when i was looking at it it's almost it, like you said it's bringing back a remembrance of that original first time when you gave yourself to the lord and that original feeling and i think that's very important to go back to Anytime there's a time of like, you feel like you've drifted away, that's the time to go back and, and just come to the Lord because the Lord's always speaking and say, Lord, like bring me back to that original moment. And you know, he will, you know, he'll come back and he'll talk to you and you'll say, yep, that's it. And then the repenting, the shifting of your mind to then walk out the way the Lord has called you to walk. And I think that's that huge, but it, it I love how it makes mention. If you will not watch, it's like, if you choose not to look at me, if you choose not to watch for me, I'm, I'm going to come, I'm going to come quick and you're not going to have an idea when, and it it emphasized, I feel like it's emphasized that a lot. Like watch, be vigilant, look for me. I think that's huge. These are like a couple major warnings for Sardis. But if we look at right now, I feel like that's warnings for the church and in general, watch for me.
1: You said something powerful in the remembering, because we, I think we forget that first, remember what what happens when we remember our first experience with Jesus, the first thing we, re, we remember is his love. Mm-hmm. Like, like the only reason you and I, Ryan, are serving Jesus today is because one day he overwhelmed us with how much he loved us. Right. Mm-hmm. It was the yep. goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Right. And here, I love it that he's saying, remember and hold fast to that remembrance and repent, right? Because what he's saying is, repent, change the way you think and and repent that you forgot how much I love you. You forgot, and I love that because I never saw this before this way and I'm seeing it now and this is just fresh. Could it be that Jesus is saying, listen, you don't even understand, I'm coming after you regardless. Like, I love you so much that I'm coming after you and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to have you recognize when I come, again, because this is not about the second coming. Some folks have misinterpreted this as a second coming or he's coming. No, this is not what he's talking about because he's talking to a specific church. at a specific time. He said, I'm going to come your way, but I want you to recognize me. And right now in your state of deadness, you don't recognize me, but I want mm-hmm. you to be alive so you can recognize me because I want to come visit and I want to have conversations with you. But as I come, it's like I'm coming in through the back door because you're not knowing who I am. But I don't want to come through the back door. I don't want to come like a thief. I want, to, I want to. I want to. I want to come, and I want to have relationship with you. I want to know you. But I need you to remember how
0: I overwhelmed you with my love. No, that's huge, Danny. That's that's a great point. Yeah, just is it is it that he's really just saying, "Hey, I, I want to come in through the front door." I want, I want that connection. I want you to, rem- like you said, I want you to remember what that first interaction was like. Cause that's the, that's the interaction I want all the time with you. And it's that love connection. It's that it's, it's, it's pure. It was pure love when, when you met him the first time, when I met him the first time, when our listeners met him for the first time and just going back to that, it, it's a, it's a different feeling than, then all of us, that's that's a special moment that I think all of us should always kind of strive to kind of experience again and again.
1: Listen, for those who don't know, I'm going to say this. I have tried alcohol to numb me. I've tried drugs to numb me, never satisfied. I have tried sex to, to, to numb. There is no feeling like the overwhelming love of God. There is none, none on the earth. I'm telling you, you can be high on weed all you want, but when Jesus hits you, you know what I mean? It changes your course. And I know mm-hmm. some folks that wanted to hear this are going, yeah, but make me feel bad about my sin. You know, tell me, to re- I, I, we want to hear, like, convict me. My Our words don't convict you. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts you. And the Holy Spirit convicts you for what? To just draw you closer to him. He didn't, he didn't convict you to condemn you. And many people want us to read this and want to read it in a condemning manner, right? When because if you have if you have religious eyes, if you read this church of Sardis, you automatically think with a religious mind is a condemning. Oh, I'm gonna Jesus is condemning this church. No, Jesus is wooing this church back to intimacy, right? It's not. He's not going. I hate you because you. No, he's wooing them back to intimate lovers. He's saying, "Come into a place of intimacy with me. I want to be intimate with you." You guys have moved me out the way and you're trying to do everything in your own strength. You're trying to be big to be big for yourself. You're trying to be noticed just to be noticed. You're trying to get on Facebook and Instagram just to be noticed. What I'm telling you is come into intimacy with me. I don't care about how many followers you have on Instagram. I don't care how many YouTube followers and likes you have. What I care is that you know how much I love you and I want to know how much you love me. It's an intimate relationship. And so the love that Jesus is showing the Church of Sardis to me is so compassionate, so merciful. It's not a, a condemnation. I'm coming to beat you up. Is please come and draw an eye unto me because I want to really know my church.
0: Amen. Yeah, and and I think if we look at it, it it's all in perspective. Like you said, you could re- you could read this from a very religious lens and get a whole different perspective than if you try to read from the lens of the love perspective that's coming from Jesus to this specific church. And I think it would shift our understanding of what the Lord is trying to get to these individuals, which is I'm missing that connection piece with you. And I really want you back and you're doing all these things for me. And it's not necessarily like, I'm happy you're, you're doing the works for me and that's good but like i'm missing something i'm missing that relationship piece that i really want
1: come on a thousand percent and that's how he lands the plane so let's land the plane in four yep. or five it says you have a few names so there's a there's a couple of you even in started so there's a remnant because remember god always has a remnant whether you think or not who what who have not defiled their garments you know what i mean who are not defiled the comments now we can say this is one thing or another but you know, the following the garments is what it means. You know, what I mean who who are making sure they walk walking in step with the Holy Spirit and they're doing exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying. What he's saying here, he's saying, and they shall walk. And so he gives you four things that he says uh, of the remnant and Sardis. He's saying the remnant are four things that you that that, that they're going to do. They shall walk with me in white. Right now, again, this is not for the new. The the the, the, the a lot of these promises are for the age to come. or for, or for now. That means there's a greater intimacy. Remember, and when we talked about what white means, white doesn't mean, um, you know what I mean, they spotless. No, white means a revelation of Jesus, right? So he said, they're going to have a revelation to me like, like, like others don't have. Uh, they are worth, uh, for They are worthy. He who has overcome shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So several things he's saying that they're going to be, if, if you walk with him, don't defile. And don't defile means don't defile. What does it mean? Again, it's hard for us. And I want to talk about this, Ryan, because I think a lot of times when we hear this, this is almost a, a going back into works mentality. Mm-hmm. Because we don't understand that not wanting to live a sinful life, we equate that to let's work on not wanting to live a sinful life, Right. Right. So, are there some things that the Holy Spirit is going to require out of you? Yes. What is your job? To say yes. Is there going to be an outcome by you saying yes? Yes. Right? But his number one thing is not just to get you to say no to what he's asking you to go. What he's wanting you to understand that he's with you and he's doing it with you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because yeah, we I mean. Get,
1: we yeah. get into the work. Go ahead. We get into the work no, of not doing it, but we don't understand it's not only in not doing what he's asking you not to do, it's understanding that he's with you always and he's doing with you, life with you, he's journeying with you.
0: No, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking, that it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's easy, like you said, to get into a works aspect as opposed to a, hey, this is just a, a normal way of living life where you're not living life by yourself or by your own terms or by your own logic. It's literally a fellowship with the spirit who's guiding you and how to do your walk. And, and I think that's, that's definitely a thing that takes a lot of time to, to kind of learn where it's not like I'm going to not just go off of based on logic, but Holy spirit, what are you thinking about this situation? It's like a dialogue.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to give you for instance, and I, I'm, I'm going to use some, some egregious thing. Um, um, if I'm walking in the store and I throw a trash, I get out of my car and basically I take a, a, a wrapper and throw it on the ground. Yep. Right? The Holy Spirit tells me, pick it up. Right? I pick it up. I did a work of picking it up. Right? But this is the key. The key, I can get it to work, to that I now bu- built the doctrine of every time you throw a piece of paper on the ground, you know what I mean? Uh, if you if you leave it there, um, you're the greatest sinner in the world. No, it, it, it's not building a doctrine of now we can build the ministry on picking up papers when you get out of cars. So we can get everybody conscious of it. every time you get out of the car, don't ever throw garbage. because. And then we built this whole doctrine on this thing that the Holy Spirit is like, what are you doing? I was just talking to you. And I didn't want you to throw that paper away right? in the floor. Yeah. I wanted you to be integral and actually throw it in garbage. But he's not doing it to build a doctrine in my life of not throwing paper outside. What he's doing is just being communion and doing exactly what I'm asking you to do. Right now, I can go. It may not be somebody else's conviction. Right. I can go crazy if I see Ryan get out of his car and he throws trash and go, man, you're a sinner. You throwing that garbage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's on his journey with the Lord. I mean, we get caught up in doing these works and not understanding that it's the journey with the Lord is what he wants, right? It's not only the works. Is is the journey going to lead you to the live a holier lifestyle? Yes, a holy meaning whole, right? It's not just holy and religious things. Don't don't get religious on holier. Um, oh, I'm going to live perfect without sin. No, wholeness with the Father, wholeness with the Holy Spirit, wholeness with with Jesus. It's holiness, right? And he's saying, he's living a whole life with him. He's living an experienced walk with Jesus. And that's what he's saying. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. And because of me, you're going to have white clothes. You're gonna, and there's some promises to come in the age to come. There's going to be some promises I'm giving you because he does it to all the churches. In the age to come, in his reign, there's going to be some things because you walk with him a certain way that you're going to be a part of that not everybody's going to be a part of. And that's what he's saying.
0: No, that's, that's powerful. It, you should be able to look back. Say you've been following the Lord for 10 years. You should be able to look back at your first your when you first gave your life to the Lord and 10 years later and see like, wow, there's definitely some different things about me, you know? And, th- and those are all, those are all good checkpoints to say like, wow, like the Lord's really worked on me over this period of time. I was just thinking when you are sharing that, that growing up in sports and stuff, I swore a lot, <laughs> like, I use pretty bad language being an athlete around other athletes and it's unfortunate. And and even when Amber met me and I would say swear words, think like almost like it was normal words. Um, and now, you know, and, and I got convicted by one of the scriptures, like don't use filthy language. Like it it just like says in the scripture, like don't, don't let filthy language come out of your mouth. And I really got convicted about that. And now like, man, if I, if I, if a swear word slipped out, which it has, but not like in an angry sense, just like it slipped out, it actually felt weird. It was like weird. I was like, wow, I used to like say those terms like all the time. And it's like, that felt weird. That's how I know like the Holy Spirit like worked on me. And and it just like, it, it isn't normal. So I think it's like this progression, this walk, or it's like, say you mess up. Slightly right, and you're like, "Wow, that feels weird." That's when you know those are evidence that, like, man, the Holy Spirit's really worked on that. So I I think it's just you know just something for for our listeners to kind of think about too.
1: No, a thousand percent correct. You know, if I look at my life now, I'm doing I'm eighty percent that I used to do things I used to do I don't do anymore. Mm -hmm. But I also don't base my relationship with God. On stopping to do all those, right? Yep. It brought me closer to God. It brought me closer to listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, and it's brought me to another level, right? Um, but it's continuing to say yes to more. And I know I based fully my relationship on fully what Christ has done, and fully that I have a relationship ongoing still today, right? Because I'm not still to the place where we no one is perfect except Yeshua Hamashiach, right? Mm-hmm. And so. We got to be conscious of it's a journey in relationship with Jesus, right? And he's yep. alive and well in us, and he's continued to draw us closer to him. And yes, do you sin less? Yes, you don't become sinless, right? And so yep. a, a spiritual awakening is not, I believe, this is me, spiritual awakening is not just having a revival service and crying for an hour. A spiritual mm-hmm. awakening is understanding what Jesus has done on the cross, how powerful it is, and that he wants to journey with you. And it's an everyday, right? So spiritual awakening is an everyday experience, right? And so what he wanted the church of Sardis to do is walk in a spiritual awakening, which is a spiritual renewal every day. Every day, times of refreshment come from the presence of the Lord. Not just today, not just tomorrow. Every single day is the walk, is the journey with the... So for those, as we land in this play, for those who are listening to us, we need spiritual awakening, right? We need a spiritual mm-hmm. Spiritual awakening starts with identity first, right? It starts with identifying who Jesus is really and him identifying you through who he is, right? And so um, that is spiritual awakening. Pure, uh, pure identity with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, you know what I mean? Let your life surrender to Jesus, say yes to him, say yes to the cross, say yes to the outcome of the cross, say yes to his love. And I promise you, as you walk this life with the Holy Spirit, you will walk out a spiritual awakening.
0: Amen, Danny. And I, I my encouragement is just to watch and to listen, like we talked about today, to watch, to look, look unto Jesus, let him lead you, and then to incline your ear to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, You know, this is what's going on today. Can you help me? Can you lead me? Can you show me as I as I operate in my daily life? And that's really what it's about. It's that fellowship, it's that oneness that you're you're wanting to experience.
1: Man, we love you guys. Uh Ryan and I always have fun doing this. I grow every week as I'm studying this stuff, man, and just growing closer to God. And again, thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to some listen. We don't get it all right. We're just all trying to learn and grow together, but we appreciate that You coming in our journey with us. We can't wait till next week till we hit the Church of Philadelphia. And uh, Ryan, we talk next week, man. Hey, man. Shalom.
0: Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.